Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Elliott. Today, we have a special guest, my brother from another. Zach, what's going on, man? How you doing? Doing all right. Yeah, doing good. How about yourself? Good, man. A little sick this week and woke up with this eye situation, but but life is good. I don't know what the hell's going on with me. My body's giving up. It happens, man. People get sick. Yeah, yeah, life goes on. So we're here though to deliver tons of content. I'm super excited to have you on and it is a privilege. You've been seen working side by side with Ty Lopez, teaching real estate courses. You're an expert at raising money. Something that I think is very unique is I see a lot of people out there that fail in real estate if they aren't creative, if they don't know and if they're not educated on all the different strategies out there to be able to implement and to adapt to or change. I feel like there's a million different ways to invest in real estate. And when somebody starts off with like plan A, it doesn't go well. Some people just jump to like plan Z instead of getting creative and figuring out like, hey, why don't we try this method, B, C, D. So with your particular situation, you're in the Silicon Valley area of uh, California and you were doing fix and flips for a good while. And then the market started correcting or starting to change a little bit, making it more difficult to actually get the numbers that you, you thought on the back end for flipping it. So then you got creative. You didn't just settle for like, oh shit, you know, I guess I'm not a real estate investor anymore. I'm quitting. I'm going to file bankruptcy, whatever it may be. You got creative and you started doing Airbnb. I think there's a lot of power behind that. I want to hear your story on that. But for anybody that doesn't know exactly who you are, do you mind just diving in a little bit of who you are, where you come from and what the hell you do? Yeah, I'll just go into my background. Um, So I'm 29 right now. I started at 24. I always wanted to start my own business when I was a kid, like elementary school. I wanted to become a real estate investor when I was a kid. And I tried to actually attempt it when I was 18. My mom discouraged me from doing it mm. because she's like, oh, you have to have money. You got to, you know, you have to understand marketing and there's all these things and stuff that I didn't understand. So I just listened to her and I didn't do it. So then you fast forward later, I'm 24 years old. I was able to flip a couple things and come up with $5,000. And that's when I said, okay, now I have capital, you know, instead of spending it, like what most people would do. I was thinking this is like the opportunity to really do something and start my business. So what, what were you flipping to, to get your 5,000? Was it drugs or what? What were you doing? Uh, yeah, to be honest, um, <laughs> so I was a lab technician at the time. Yeah. I eventually got offered a job for entry-level scientists. So I, I worked in laboratories and then I was hanging out with like a wrong group of kids. It was like a weird point in my life. And they said, oh, if you, uh, you buy this for $100, you could turn it into 1000 So then I did that. I bought it for 100 And then I went to a couple concerts with them. And like within like three days, turned it into 1000 And then I said, no, nope, no more of that because it's just too risky and it's just not who I am, right? So then I was like, cool, I got $1,000. Now what can I do with this? And I found an RV on Craigslist and I knew it was worth more than what they're asking. So I bought the RV for $900, I think. Yeah, I bought it for $900. And then I put it on eBay like two months later for $5,000 and I sold it for $5,000. So all within like a month, you know, I flipped a couple things and, you know, now, or sorry, not a month, maybe like two or three months. Um, now I have $5,000. So when I had the capital now I was like, okay, now I could do something. So then I, I was on Instagram and I always wanted to become a real estate investor since I was a kid. I was on Instagram and then uh, Manny uh, Koshabin, I saw his Instagram story and Manny, I know his story prior to what I kind of knew what he did, but he was saying that he was from Iran and that the, a war broke out. So then his parents took him out of there because they tried to recruit him to the military when he was mm. 16. So the parents left, fled the country so that he doesn't get wow. recruited to the war. Yeah. And he was telling his story about how he used to live in his car and all these things. 
And it was actually parallel with other stories I heard from other people on how they used to live in their car and yep. you know, became multi-millionaires. And it's just a, it's the same story. I'm like, so wait, so if people could do this from immigrants from coming from other countries, come to this countries and live in their cars and then become worth, you know, millions of dollars, like, like how come I can't do it? Yeah. So when I saw that that guy was able to do it, then I was like, okay, sorry, mom, you know, I'm just going to yeah. do it. I'm going to take the risk and just yeah. try at least, you know, I love it. the worst that can happen. Yeah. And I thought about it and I was like, now it goes into the psychology of, you know, the, um, some people fear failure, right? And one of the biggest things I've learned, one of the top things in life is that you can't fear failure, but not to go off subject. I thought to myself, you know, okay, well, what's the worst that can happen? Sure. And I thought about it and I was like, well, my sister is going to college for four years and it's like $100,000. And at the end of the four years, once she gets out of it, she has to pay back $100,000. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, the path that I'm going right now, trying to learn how to invest in real estate, all I did is spend $7 on a book on how to invest in real estate. And it's just going to cost me time. And even if it does take me four years, at the end of the four years, I'm not $100,000 in debt. And I know a ton of information about real estate investing. And real estate's always going to be here. Like even if you go back to Bible times, yeah, it's real, people always need a roof over their head. Real estate will always be here. Always need that, shelter, food, water, and clothes. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's natural. Exactly. I love that. Yep. I, I think that stands out. Like I'm the same exact way. I've always thought to myself, like, what is the worst thing that could happen? If it's not like death and it's, if it's not like something that's going to set me back like 10 years, yeah. then I'm always just like, dude, why not? Like I'd rather do it sooner than later. You know, we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So that's what I figured. I'm like, well, what's the worst that can happen? It's always going to be here. And then I just come out of here super knowledgeable on real yeah. estate investing. So that's what I did. And I stuck to it and it really paid off. Um, you know, I was able to, it took me two years to actually make my first money, which is super long. Same here. Made, yeah, see, but yeah. at least we stuck with it. But um, the thing is, is that I, I made a bunch of mistakes because, you know, you got to have the right mentor. And at the time I was looking at the wrong mentors. So okay. I later learned that, you know, now, now I know, you know, more, but, but it's still, it's still extremely good information to have. Even if it took me two years, I learned a valuable lesson of not having, not, don't take the wrong advice from the wrong people. So yeah. now the biggest thing I learned was like, okay, well, do research on the people that you want to become like. Yes. Make sure you're going into the right thing with the right people, which is like a massive, that's insane. I mean, what, it cost me a year to learn that. Let's just say I lived to 80 years old and I'm 29 now. It only cost me a year to figure yeah. that out. And, you know, it's just going to take me super high, you know, if, you know, the older and older I get, you know. Yeah, like how much time is that going to save you and actually like get you to the next level by knowing those resources now? Exactly. It's yeah. so powerful. I, I actually resonate like tremendously with you with that because the first two years I was doing nothing but educating on all books, podcasts, and YouTube I could get my hands on. I just wasn't educated on the aspect of like I could find a mentor or somebody that's actually doing it to be able to help me out. I didn't know. I was yeah. like, you know, maybe I'm the only one doing this. <laughs> yeah. It's kind yeah, of funny. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. It's just, you know, I, anyways, yeah. So that's my story. It took me like two years. I started off reading a $7 book and then yeah. that's how I did it. And then, oh, and so then I finally found the right mentor in this market, in my market, the market that I'm in. Sure. And I listened to him and it took me like within a month or two months, I closed my first deal. I love it. I love it, man. So how many deals have you done now? What, what kind of, like, what was the strategy that you first did on that first deal? Was it a fix and flip or rental? Yeah. So my first deal was a wholesale deal. So I did two wholesales. Okay. Yeah. And it was a small fee, but I, it, it should have been more, but I just want to close it and just like understand the process and just yeah. like finally say I did it. Yeah. I've so been so. there. I think we all have, right. It's like that, that first one we look back and we're like, Oh, I probably could have got more for that. But at least it, I think it, it comes down to like your first three. Once yeah, you get exactly. down like your first three, then it's like, all right, I start building up the confidence, the understanding. I've mm -hmm. done it a few times now. So mm -hmm. the fear factor of like unknowing is, is not there anymore. Yep, exactly. So I, that's what I did. I just said, you know, let's just learn it and just yeah. like, 
who cares? You know, $5,000 is what I made. Then the next one, I did even the most challenging of all challenge deals in Silicon Valley was wholesale a house on the MLS. And like, and the funny thing is a thing around here, I don't know if it's a nationwide, it probably is, but like there's some people, they take a lot of pride in buying off market deals and they kind of like hate on the MLS deals. And, sure. um, and I was able to wholesale an MLS deal for 20,000, which was super tough. And, but now I know, you know, kind of a, another way of finding real good deals, which is on the MLS and you just have to go in there at the right time. And with the, you have to understand a little bit of psychology of what's going on with the people if they're motivated, but it's been on the market for a long time. And as long as you're there constantly in front of that realtor, because the thing is they're, they're getting the same offers from everyone else. Yeah. But the only difference is, is that you want to be that same person who's there like consistently throughout with the realtor and like checking in once a week. Hey, you know, have they changed your mind yet? Or, you know, and the realtor will tell you, Oh, well, they're kind of getting there. You know, we just had two more offers come in it's the same price or whatever, whatever's going on or, yeah. So, yeah. So anyways, I, yeah. Yeah. MLS deal, which was pretty tough. And yeah, 20,000 after that, then I started flipping houses. So I'm not a okay. big fan of wholesaling only because the fees are so small Sure. and I like to go bigger. So I pretty much, I've been flipping houses after that, um, flipped houses all throughout the Bay area, San Francisco, San Jose on a golf course in Santa Cruz, um, Sunnyvale all throughout the Bay area. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Cool. So, how long were you flipping before the market started actually switching up and changing on you and like you weren't getting the same numbers on the back end? Oh, that's a good question. So like, I think maybe like two years or something. Yeah, yeah. I think I was flipping for two years. Yeah. And then suddenly the market started changing. It usually, if you listen to like, I don't know how these guys end up becoming the people to listen to. But I always hear from like people that like, oh, the market's starting to soften. I'm just going to go and park my money and wait till the next cycle. And it's like, I keep hearing that. I'm like, that stuff drives me crazy. I'm like, yeah. God, you're going to, you're missing out because if you're not taking action now, like, what do you think? You're going to build up relationships out of nowhere, like when the market does correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to go and redo it. I mean, what? That's eight years or something like that. Ten yeah. years, like, what are you going to do in the next eight or 10 years? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's that fear mindset. And it's like, all right, well, I'll just wait until history says it, it's, this is the longest in history. It's like, yeah, but it's showing different signs right now. Everything's yeah. good for the time being. So yeah. it's funny. It's funny, man. Yeah. So with that being said, like, I'm just like, dude, that doesn't make any sense. And I remember I respect things that Ty says because Ty knows what he's doing. So Ty was saying, um, you have to learn how to make money in every market. At That's the right. Market, the bottom of the market, on the yep. way, on the way up and on the way down. Yeah. You have to learn how to make money all throughout the market cycle. So, um, so I was I like, okay, cool. And I was like, that's what I'm going to try to do. So since the market is starting to change, I'm like, okay, well, we thought we we're going to make, you know, $100,000, $200,000, but now the market's changing and we're not looking at those profit margins anymore. Yeah. So now the strategy has to change. Now we have to, we want to keep the real estate and then we want to cash flow it. Yep. But the thing is, is that I'm over here in a market to where the homes are, the median homes are like a million dollars, right? It's like a mortgage on that. It's like around 3500 a month, 4000 a month or something. And the down payment, it's like, holy shit, what are you going to do? Yeah. And then, but then also the tenants, if you're to put a renter in the house, it's only 3500 4000 a month. So you're so, not cash flowing whatsoever. You're exactly. actually losing money for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. With losing. capital expenditures and wear, tear, damage, like vacancies, property management. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. you're in the hole. So then I'm like, damn. So I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So then it like forces you, like when you're in a position like that, it forces you to become smarter. Yeah. So like you have to learn more things. You have to learn new things. You got to so, adapt. Yeah, you got to adapt. Exactly. So that's pretty much what I did. And um, I'm finding different strategies. Like I'm looking into assistant living facilities. Yeah. So I went and I got licensed for that. So I could have, I think you put like six people. Oh yeah, six. It's called a six room. So you could put six people in a house. I mean, they pay 4000 a month. And they're elderly people. You have to have a nurse that lives there on site, sure. stuff like that. 
it's a lot of work, but it's going to make you like 24,000 a month at least. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, do the, do the math. It's like, yes, it's a lot of work. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be rainbows and sunshine, but it's going to like the hard work will pay off 100%. Exactly. So as this market is starting to, you know, soften and, you know, guys are trying to, they're not really flipping homes or they're like, they're taking losses on homes. I'm just going to start cash flowing things until, you know, things start making more sense and whatever makes more sense, that's where I'm going to go. That's right. Like three things I have in my, my belt. It's also room and board and then assistant living and Airbnb. So I want to have like three, I kind of want to have a mix of everything and just see like which one's the best. Cause you could always just eliminate one. If one doesn't work out or one, if you don't like it, you just get rid of it and you just switch it up into something else. That's right. Yeah. Talk to me about room and board. What is that exactly? Is that just like a bed and breakfast type of thing or what is that? Yes. So room and board is pretty much, it's kind of like an assistant living facility. Okay. it's, It's like a, it's a more affordable thing. Not only that, it's more affordable, but it's also independent living. So I'll give you like a good example. When I go to assess some of the potential tenants, I usually end up going to like a hospital or a nursing, a rehab, nursing rehabilitation facility. Yeah. And um, usually these are guys that like used to be plumbers or like construction workers or, you know, just whatever, maybe a cook, you know, kind of blue collar, usually like blue collar workers and, you know, things just happen in life. They got some sort of illness or they had a stroke or they had a heart attack or, and they just can't work anymore. Yeah. The thing is too, is that, they're independent. They can live on their own, but they still need a help. They need a hand, you know, a helping hand. Sure. So that's what the room and board is. We pretty much provide three things. One, um, we cook them three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner. I love it. Laundry and we keep the house clean for them. So that sounds like my type of living. I need to like, (laughs) you got any available spots? That sounds awesome. (laughs) Qualify. (laughs) Man, that sounds nice. Okay. So we charge them nine hundred to a thousand dollars for a shared room. Shared room. So this is like a hostel. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So you put like two people per bedroom, and then um, I'm not I doing bunk beds in a bedroom. Do two on both sides. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be crazy. I didn't even thought Speaking about that. Four people in there. <laughs> Just, I don't that's, know. That's savage, right? <laughs> Yeah, it might be too much, actually. A little too much. Yeah, they'll probably get in arguments. That's one of the downside to it is that they kind of get in scuffles with each other because they have nothing else to do. So, you know, one guy farts in the room or he smells or something like that. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, so two people in a four bedroom house and I have a lady, I just find, you know, two uh, ladies that just, that don't mind staying for free at a place. And then I let them do all the cooking and cleaning. Love it. That's pretty much what it is. It's very simple. And once you get the momentum, getting people sent your way, then you'll realize like, wow, I should open up another one. So yeah, uh, yeah, so that's what a room and board is pretty much in a nutshell. So, and you do need to get certified for this, correct? Hmm. No. Not for the room and board, but for the assistant living. living, Yeah. Yes. Okay. Living facility. Now, what what does that process look like? Is that just online, take a little test or pay some fees and... Is it a long process? Yeah. The assistant living facility, I would say if you're going to go down that route, Ty always <clears> talks <throat> about this and he's absolutely right. He says, Confucius, I think it is, says, you know, he who chases three rabbits usually gets none. That's right. So if you're focus. like- Focus. Focus, yeah. man. Focus. Yeah. yeah. So if you're like chasing e-commerce and, you know, flipping, trying to learn, or if you're trying to learn e-com, trying to learn flipping houses, and then trying to learn assistant living. You're going to fail at all or like bare minimum, that 10% in each one. Exactly. So if someone wants to do the assistant living facility, I'd say just stay focused on it. So I'm going to answer your question, the process. First, you have to get yourself licensed. Yeah. But there's going to be two licensed things. There's the house the house is going to be licensed and then you're going to be licensed. Sure. And first I got myself licensed. I think it was like $500. You just go to a class and they prepare you for the test. So they give you like, you know, all the manuals and the information you need to know, like the laws and the regulations. The study guide behind it. Yeah. Preparing. Yeah. You. Okay. 
And then, so before you take the test, I think you have to do like 20 hours online and then like 20 hours in class or 40 hours in class, 20 hours online, something like that. Sure. So it took a while. It took about two weeks to get licensed. And then you go take the license after that. But again, with being licensed, you have to make sure that you just understand you're going to get fingerprinted. You have to um, pass a background check. You should be fine if you have like DUIs and stuff like that. But if you have like any like violent criminal history or anything like that, they or they felonies. Yeah, yeah. So just keep that in mind. Like if you have any of that, I'm gonna save you a bunch of time because if you get licensed, they won't allow it. Um, and then once you do get licensed, and after that, you have to find a deal. You gotta find a house, right? Sure. So you can either buy a house or you can rent a house. I ended up buying a house. And then once you buy the house, then the next thing is, is that you have to make sure that the fire department has to come through there and approve the layout of the house. Sure. So that's why you want to take the course first, because you want to make sure that you understand that the house that you rent or the house that you buy, make sure that it's approved. And then that's where mentors come in again. So you do want to go and try to find someone to help you make better decisions. It's going to be a learning curve. I mean, I could probably talk for an hour on this, but I'll just tell you the process. Yeah. So then you get a house and then you have to get that house licensed. And then once that house gets licensed, that's when you start filling everything up. You got to get your clients, which you go through social workers and then you have to find, you don't have to have a nurse there, but I mean, you don't have to have like a licensed caretaker or anything. You can literally just have someone that wants to live there and work there, but it's easier if you have someone who's like a licensed caretaker and stuff. Sure. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. I love Uh, it. I do highly recommend like anybody listening to this, I got super motivated right there, but like, like Zach said, it's like focus on one thing till successful. If you do decide like, Hey, this is the bread and butter. This is what I'm very attracted to. This is what I want to do. Reach out to my man, Zach he's doing this. Like he's actively doing it. He's done it. So learn from somebody that's already doing this to save you so much time, so much stress and headaches that can be avoided easily. It's like a no brainer when you see somebody successfully doing it, especially in a high ticket area. I also love the fact of like doing a little bit of arbitration of renting instead of buying. Like, yeah. Can you see the power in that guys? like subleasing this out, offering them even what, like a thousand dollars more a month, what they were normally going to get, because you're going to be banking if you set it up properly and correctly in the right order. Yeah. Yeah. So if you do decide, just like caution, reach out to my man, Zach. It just sounds like a no brainer. Yeah. So moving forward, let's talk about raising money here for a second, because there's so many people like the reason I actually got started in doing coaching one-on-one and then group coaching was because it was breaking my heart. Everybody that kept on like coming up to me acknowledging, I feel like almost everybody acknowledges like, Hey, real estate's a solid way to make, get that financial freedom or set themselves up for success over time in the future through real estate. Like everybody knows somebody in their family, friends, whatever that has influenced them to make them feel that way. Right. Yeah. And and then so many people though, unfortunately, like they all believe they need a ton of money to get started, like their own capital. And they're like, Hey, until I get, you know, I'm going to chase this rabbit for a second. Once I get enough money in this, then I'll put it into real estate. And I'm always thinking to myself, it's like, that's nine times out of 10, that's not going to happen. But yeah, it is what it is. So it's the biggest misconception that people don't get. And I keep running across it all the time. They go, I'm just going to save my money. And I'll, even it will happen with my students, like they'll be scared and it'll be the smallest thing. It'll be like a proof of funds. I, I show them how to get proof of funds and they have proof of funds, but then like sometimes they're like, oh, you know, I, I think I'll feel better if it was my money and, you know, I now have spending power, but it's like, you don't have to have spending power. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. The proof of funds, what is it? Best transactional funding. Yes. Best transactional funding.com. It's very quick, very easy. It's like within two minutes, you can have like a proof of funds letter. Yeah, exactly. It's like, so that just debunks anything that, you know, was holding you back right there. Submit your damn offers, get it out there, raise yeah. the money second. And there's like two other good ways since we're on it. You yeah. can even ask hard money lenders because yes. hard money lenders want to do business with you. And um, you can ask them for a proof of funds. And then also another thing is if you're out there networking 
and you're talking to other guys and you're trying to help them find deals, yep. create a friendship. And you're like, Hey, you know, I have this real, Hey, John Doe, I have this real good deal. The numbers make sense. You know, I'll give you first shot at it. But the only thing is, is I need help with the proof of funds. Is there any way I could borrow your proof of funds and, you know, say that I'm part of whatever. And guys will even do that. They'll, yep. they'll let you use their POF and you'll give them first shot at the deal too. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a proof of funds letter just stating like, Hey, when this deal goes through, I, this person will be paying for it. And then there is like proof of funds in like, like the numbers in the bank account. So those two are very solid. My very first time getting proof of funds letter was through hard money lenders. And then I think I was watching like one of your courses when you're teaching on tie. And then I saw like, the, the best transactional funding. And I, and then I was just like, this is easy as hell. So I kept on utilizing that, but yeah, reaching out to people in your local RIA group, you can get that one-on-one connection. There's so much money at the RIA groups, guys, so much money. Please don't underestimate that money is so in abundance anyway. Yeah. It, if it you, in the world, there's so much money. So if, if you're holding money over your head, like that's the, that's the thing that's holding you back right now there's got to be a mindset shift right there because you need the deal. Like once you get the deal locked in under contract, the money will come if it's a true deal. You just can't hold it to yourself. Like you got to get it out there. So, so what, what other different ways besides like getting the proof of funds, what, what would you recommend somebody just getting started to overcome that mental obstacle and show them how to raise funds? Okay. So, um, so I'll go to the mental obstacle and then the fundraising. So the thing is guys is like, the word failure, like, like an ultimate failure, I yeah. think is when you quit. Like if you quit, I mean, you failed, right? That, I, mean, yes. that's just, I think that's what true failure is. 100%. But, Everything else is just a learning curve. Like you're, you're learning. At, yeah. You know, I love that. That's so good. But the thing is you have to fail. Like you have to make mistakes, yes. right? So I wish there was like another word. I'm going to use the word mistakes. You have to make mistakes constantly, like all the time, because that's the only way to learn. Think about the first time you tried to ride a bicycle when you're a kid. Like I remember that time and I remember it because I fell and it hurt. My mom pushed me into a bush just because she knew I was going to fall. So she would like push me into a bush. I was like setting me up for failure, you know? My mom did too. She said, no, don't do it. She don't invest in real estate. And she pushed me into the bush. Yeah. It's so true. So the thing, and and just to touch on that for a second, like people in your very close circle to you as well, for the listeners, very close circle to you, people like parents, friends, family, like your best friends, people that you're super excited to tell these, these people in your life that you, you care for, you care about their opinion and you're super excited about real estate. As you tell them this stuff, if they haven't done it themselves, there's going to be that caution, that fear factor of like, they don't want you to fail and, and they've never done it. So it's like, it's out of their comfort zone. So it's hard, like don't ever get advice from people that haven't personally done it themselves. And your mom loves you. I know that, but it's like, she's probably never done it before. So therefore she's scared for you. She's like trying to protect you. So it's natural human being instincts. So don't let that discourage you guys. That, that's all I kind of want to like point out right there. I think it's very important. Yeah, that's, a, that's super important because that, that's one of the big things that stopped. I lost like several like, years out of it, right? Years out of it. Just yeah, like, man. I, right now, the, the knowledge I have and as far as I've came, I should have yeah. been 24 years old and been where I'm at today. Of course. But, yeah. That's okay though. That's okay. I mean, like yeah, yeah. God still had, uh, had favor in your life and had your direction, like where he was taking you anyway. So one way or the other, you were getting back on track. That's cool, yeah, man. Yeah. Yep. So that's, yeah, that's a good point. So here's, here's the thing guys, like the psychology, like Thomas Edison, right? The light bulb, right? Yeah. I think it's Thomas Edison. So the light bulb, it took him like a thousand and one tries to actually create the light bulb. I think it was like over 10,000, right? Wasn't it like 10,000 or something like that? It was crazy. Something outrageous. Yeah. It was something crazy. So if he would have stopped trying, like there would, like there would be no light bulb. Yes. That's such a great point. Yeah. And if you follow, if you like, another thing too, is you want to kind of read books and just do a little bit of, try to listen to 
what successful people say and you're going to find one common denominator is a lot of them failed miserably like a ton of times. Yes. Even Michael Jordan talks about like how much he failed and yep. the only thing people remember is his success points, which is I like know. 10% of what he did. Yeah. Even uh, Michael Jordan, he got kicked off the high school basketball team because yep. the coach thought he wasn't fit for basketball. Yeah. And look, and he became like the greatest basketball player. So, of all time. Yeah, of all time. So imagine yeah. if he would have listened to what his coach said and he would have just given up and went and did something else. He would have never became who he is. Yeah. So the thing is, like, the failure thing, it's good. Like, it's a good thing. Because when you make that mistake, just like Thomas Edison, when he's like, oh, well, that didn't work. Yeah. Well, now now you know that didn't work. Now you got to move on to the Let's next thing. Let's cross it off. Let's get yeah, on to the next Let's do that again. Let's, Let's try switching it just a little bit. You yeah. Know? Change it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that didn't work. Well, then we'll plug this in. Yeah. I love so, that. Yeah. So that's just how it is. It's just, um, you have to, it's going to happen. And it's just something that you have to have to do. Sure. Before we move on to the next, it's like, there's another analogy that I love hearing in the past is like when you're a baby, like just starting to like walk, like as you're crawling, you, you start walking, you stumble, you fall. And then like, you would look at your parents and like everybody around you would like encourage you like, Oh no, it's okay. Like a smile, like just to make sure like you don't cry. Yeah. And that, like, you, you get back up. Uh -huh. But how many times do you fall and it's natural? Like, you fail every single time. Yeah. But maybe hundreds of times. And then you finally, like, start getting it. And then you can walk like an adult eventually, you know? It's like, that's the same exact process. But, but I guess as we get older, the idea of failure, of, like, falling, and that is, like, more, like, looked down upon. And, and I think there's that mindset of like, stop giving a shit what other people are doing. Stop caring about what other people are thinking of you. Stay focused on your goal and embrace the failures. Learn from every mistake and then move forward. Like do that a little adjustment and then like get that motivation to keep going. But you need to know the end goal in mind to have that motivation to keep going, you know? Exactly. And Ty, I think Ty Lopez, he was saying, um, that hard wiring of like people of like not wanting to fail is like, he thinks it's from like the school system. Yeah. If you think about it, you train, like there's pop quizzes, there's yeah. quizzes, and then there's like the SAT and all yeah. they, all your parents ever say is all the teachers ever say, and all they ever try to ingrain in you is like, Oh, don't fail. Don't fail. Don't yeah. fail. And people get scared <laughs> to fail. Like even there's like kids that, you know, harm themselves because they didn't do a good job and they fail. Yeah. I heard some kid who like committed suicide because because some grades or something yeah. failed. It was insane. And even some cultures put a lot of pressure on their kids not to fail in school. So it's like a hard wiring that people come, you know, in when we're kids, that's like the soft that's like the time where we're learning. You know, yes. our brains are soft. It's still developing. We're still learning. And in that learning phase, we get drilled into our head not to fail. Yeah. And once people get out of high school and college and all that stuff, I think it's like a subconscious thought of people are scared to fail and they're scared to like get it wrong. And you just have to, you have to get it wrong. Zach, bro, you just like blew my mind right there. I've never even, I, I've never heard Ty say it like that or, or hear from anybody. So that makes so much freaking sense because like in school, that's exactly what they do. They, they tell you, you know, you don't want to fail and all that peer pressure. And then it's like, and you start developing that. It's like, what the hell? But when you are a little kid and you're learning how to walk, like you fail several times and you look up and, and everybody's like embracing it. Like, oh no, it's okay. You're good. You're safe. Everything's good. And it's like, you, you stop crying and you stand up and you you get back at it again. It's yeah, like, yeah. dude, can you imagine if they did that in school? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. God. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's like one reason why eventually when I do have kids, I'm not going to put them in school. That's outrageous. Mm -mm. No, That's I so think good. I same thing. I, I don't do homeschooling. And there's another thing too, like Ty, he even said he won't put his kid in schooling, but cause like bullying too. Yeah. Uh, because he's really big into psychology and yeah. um, he quizzes people before they even like come around. Work with, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he said, there's one thing it's called like Machiavelli. It's part of the dark triad. And there's three, there's narcissism, uh, psychopathy, and then Machiavellism. And he was saying that one, the middle one, Machiavellism is something that's developed when you're kids, because if you get bullied a lot, or if you have like a lot of trauma when you're a kid, they develop 
a mindset of like trying to like work around things and it's just it kind of messes you up for the rest yeah. of your life so if you do more research on that you'll realize you know school isn't really like the best place too for kids yeah um so yeah i mean same thing i'm i'll be doing homeschooling too <laughs> So what, just uh, so people can get an understanding of where they can get some of these personality quizzes, because that's what you're kind of just mentioning right there. You want to just list out a couple that uh, some people can do their own research on? Yeah. So the, here's the biggest gold nugget. So one is called Dark Triad, and you pretty much want to quiz um, everyone before you do business with them and just understand, you know, what's going on through their minds um, yeah. before you really get into relationships with them. And you can find that on Ty's website. It's like tylopez.com slash forward slash quizzes, but it's spelled weird. So it's Q-U-I-Z-Z-S. Mm. That should be it. tylopez.com slash quizzes. So that's for the dark triad. It's so hard to find like the true dark, dark triad quiz out there online. And I tried looking. So Ty pretty much has the best one. Okay. And then the next one is called Hexaco. H E X A C O Hexaco. Mm-hmm. And there's even a book on Hexaco so you could better understand it. And it's called I'm pretty I, I don't it's I don't think the book is called Hexaco. Man, I'll get back to you on that one. But okay. like, it teaches you how to understand that. And then the next one is gonna be Myers Briggs. So you wanna you can yes. go on Google search and then you type in Myers Briggs. And usually the first one that pops up is 16 personalities. Yeah. Um, that one's pretty good. You could take that quiz and just understand yourself. Like you, pretty much it's like the foundation of personalities. Yeah. People have like, when it comes to personalities, I'm starting to realize it's kind of like a cake. Like there's like different layers. Layers, yep. Personality type. Yeah. And the Myers-Briggs is like the bottom, like the foundation of your personality type. And then everything else is like kind of stacked on top of it through like genetics. Sure. Or just like environmental, kind of like Machiavelli, which is environmental. Yeah, your surroundings. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there's all kinds of different things that get stacked on top of it. I love it. But for business, you want to at least understand those three things. And if you're young now and if you literally just take the time to understand those three things for like a year, it's going to completely change your future in business. I agree. to understand how to read people. Yeah. I I can instantly probably spend probably like three or five minutes with someone. And I know exactly, you know, I know I have a pretty good understanding on what kind of person I'm dealing with. Yeah. And I could see when someone's fearful and when someone's, you know, you can read read the body language a lot, a lot stronger, uh, which is super helpful. Like without them even saying words, you can identify what they're thinking or what they're doing or whatever it may be, which is like you're inside thinking how they are, which is awesome. Exactly. Like for example, if someone's an introvert or an extrovert, I can tell right away. Um, Cause if I want to do business with them or maybe I want to like connect better with them, I'm an extrovert. So I'll be like, Hey, you know, let's go, let's go to the bar. Or let's go do this. I'll just go do extrovert things. But then if I notice that they're an introvert and I'll be like, Oh, they don't want to do that. I'm like, well, they may be open to it, but really they kind of don't want to. So I'll be like, oh, let's go somewhere. Let's go someplace quiet, you know, or whatever. I'll be like, let's go to a coffee shop or something else. It'll be yeah. different than what I would naturally want to do. So that it's just, an it just, it's an advantage, you know, because now we, it's kind of like the other week you, you asked us to go out to the party and yeah. And you saw me like cringe up right away. I was like, I'm already yeah. tired from like speaking at the event and like networking with everybody just because naturally I'm an introvert. So it's yeah. like, I'm like, dude, I'm already beat. I'm already worn out from the day, Exactly. Uh, which is funny. For me, I was ready to keep going. Cause I was yeah, like, you're like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer is the same way, you know? So, uh, so it's, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Cool. So let, let's talk about oh, yeah, raising capital, right? Yeah. Yeah. Raising capital. Let's get back to the subject after we talk about the personality and, and the mindset behind it, you know, to overcome that fear. Yeah. So just don't be fearful. And again, you know, you have to fail. So I think a good way, so far, the best way to raise capital, because I've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars doing it is pretty much going to networking uh, events. Like we met up at a networking event and this is what I mentioned. This is what I told everyone is that, you know, you go to meetup.com and you go to meetup.com, you type in real estate uh, networking group and you can find local real estate networking groups or you could go on Google and type in, you know, your area, uh, real estate networking groups. 
The most popular ones out there are going to be RIAs, spelled R-E-I-A. Usually, you have to pay to go to those. But if you go on meetup.com, usually they'll be free or they'll be $10 at the door. Yeah. And just go out there networking with people. And that's the best way to raise capital. And even when I said that at the last event that we're talking at, the, um, the host, I think it's called. No, not the host. It was the, um, the moderator or whatever, the guy who, you know, helps pass around the microphone. And yeah, yeah. One or two. Even that guy said, okay, who here has private money they want to lend? Yeah. And then like 10 hands went up. And, you know, there's probably like 60 people there. It's like, there you go. That's where your private money is at. So who, who has an IRA account that's not putting it to work? It's like, dude, how many yeah, people? Yeah. Are like, <laughs> it's like, those are the people you want to talk to. If you need money for your deals and you think the money's not out there, it's like, dude, it's right there. It's right next to you. Yeah. You, you just need to ask. Yeah, you need to be educated yourself on how you can make it work and how you can make it beneficial on their part. But then you can make it a win-win situation, you know, like educate the other individual and show them how they can, how you can help them put their money to work and make a better return. And this is the best way to do it. So if since you guys are listening to this, you guys want to know the know-hows, right? You want to learn how. So the best way to do it is you introduce yourself and you say, hey, so what brings you here? And you just want to understand what brings them there. Yeah. And, and, you know, you could tell them what brings you there. And then just say, so what are you looking to do? Like, what are you looking to accomplish? Like, what are you trying to do? And they'll tell you. Instead yeah. of you saying, hey, do you have some money I can borrow? Do I want to go <laughs> yeah. flip the house. Do you have some money? Yeah. Don't say that. But do what I just said. Hey, what brings you here? Tell, you know, understand them. Tell yeah. them what brings you here. And they say, so what are you looking to do? And they'll tell you. And if they're looking to place funds, they'll be like, oh, you know, sometimes like I ran into a doctor and she's like, oh, I have golden handcuffs. I really want to put my money to work. I would like to flip houses, but I just don't have time to flip houses, but I'm really interested in flipping houses. Yeah. And then that's where you come in right there. Because if you don't have the capital, the odds are you probably have the time. Yes. Uh, I'm not <laughs> just making yeah. an assumption, right? Yeah. Good assumption. Yeah. <laughs> it's fairly accurate. <laughs> yeah. So then perfect. There you go. And then if you've been doing some of the things that you should have been doing, like you found a mentor, yes. you took the time to learn, you know, yes. how to flip a house or how to wholesale a house. Yes. Then you can come to them and be like, oh, really? Well, I'm your guy. Yeah. I have the know-how. I have the time. Maybe we could partner up. And you have the funds. Maybe we could put a deal together. Look, I have like, I have two, three good deals right now in my pipeline. The numbers yeah. look real good. Um, we could take, a, maybe we could set up a time. And then, you know, if you know how to read people, you'll see if they're an extrovert or an introvert. Then you'll be like, oh, and then you'll pick out something to do. Yeah. So, you know, if adjust they say, to like, that, guys. Adjust to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if they it. seem real bubbly and outgoing, you know, maybe they might want to go to someplace loud and a little bit more exciting to go yeah. into business. If they seem a little bit more conservative, like, you know, if they seem more introvert, then they go, oh, let's go to a coffee shop or something. Or maybe, yeah. you know, someplace else, you know, let's talk business. And that's pretty much how you'll do it. And then yep. that's, that's your relationship with your private money lender. And that's exactly how you raise capital. Yeah. And the thing is, if you live in like a very like a secluded area, you know, it's going to be a little bit tougher. So you have to go out to metropolitan cities. Sure. Yeah. Because I did have a, a student that lived like an hour away and like he, <laughs> he actually like worked on a farm. He had a yeah. On the farm. So I was like, yeah, you're going to have to like drive to a metropolitan city. But that's pretty much how you do it. You go networking and you do exactly what I said. Hey, so what brings you here? Oh, you know, this and that. And then just get to know them friendly. Tell them what brings you here. Tell them what you do. Say, hey, so. And then the biggest question is, so what are you looking to accomplish? Or what what exactly are you trying to do? And then they'll tell you. Yeah, I love that. And if guys, if you're not taking notes right now, you are missing out. You're definitely going to want to rewind this and, uh, and start taking notes, guys, because this is some gold nuggets that Zach is dropping right here. I think really stepping into these network events, like you can jump into any of these. Some of them are free. Uh, some of them are like 10, 20 bucks. Talk about the easiest, best type of investment in yourself and building your network. Like your network is your net worth. Uh, understand that concept, but simply just walking into every event with like goals in your mind, but also doing it selflessly, like walking in, not thinking about your pain point and like how bad you need to raise money right now, 
but instead try to figure out and, and like listen to the other person, build the relationship, find out what their wants and needs are, and then see how you can best serve them. I've always, once I like switched up my mindset with that and started like seeing how I could best serve the other individual, it's crazy how it's like they feel more connected with you. And then they're also like, okay, well, how can I serve you? You know, so if you have your list of a couple things in mind of what you're looking for, but you will always walk into every situation, building the relationship, seeing how you can serve the other individual. And then like listening to those key words, like you mentioned, like, hey, I'm a doctor or hey, I, I really want to jump into real estate doing some fix and flips, but I don't have the time to be doing it. I'm not educated enough on this, you know, so I don't, I don't know where to get started. Even though they are the money partner for you and like you're going to give them a percentage or what, however you negotiate this. I feel like from my personal experience, I've noticed that the money partners feel just as included as if it's like full on 100% their deal. And they're like doing everything of it, you know, and, and they feel that like excitement. And uh, so it makes them feel like they're hitting all of their goals and, and they might only be getting just like an eight or a 10% return and you're getting the remaining. So like that's just build those relationships, take notes on this stuff, rewind. I mean, this is going to set you up for tremendous success while raising money. Yeah. And here's another good thing too. I discovered this pretty much. I like to think, and then like, um, I, I just came up with this. Like I have never heard anyone teach this or talk about this. Let's go. <laughs> First time right here, baby. <laughs> Ready, set, go. <laughs> so, so if you go on meetup group or meetup, sorry, I keep saying group. If you go on meetup.com sure, and then you find the local real estate meetup groups, it tells you how many people are attending. And yeah. for example, like there's a popular one here around here. I mean, it's called private money and yeah. like usually like 60 people show up or something. So I don't have the time to really be, I have enough work on my plate to where I'm a little too busy to network now. Sure. But so I was a little busy at the time. So then I noticed six, three people were going. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I don't want to miss out on that opportunity. You know, I wonder who's out there and who I can meet. So then I was like, what if I just like DM everyone who's going to it? Cause you can. Dude, so you're such I, a boss. I love that. That is so good. That's so, so good. So I just created a template like, hey, my, and I, exactly what I told you guys earlier, how I talk yep. to people in person. Yep. I said, I introduced myself, the I, who, what, when, where, why. Yep. I said, hey, my name is Zach Ross. I'm a local real estate investor. I wasn't able to attend this meetup group, but I'd still like to network and reach out to everyone who did. I flip houses. I do this. I do that. And uh, what exactly do you do? And how can we somehow do some business together in the future? How can I help you? And, and I'll put my email and phone number at the bottom. And then I just copy paste. But then when I do the intro, it's like, I'll be like, hey, John Doe, my name is Zach Ross. So it sounds more personal. Yeah. It's not, it's not like that copy paste. Like you, you co you copy and paste the whole message, but then you edit and you put their actual name. Uh, yeah. So it, it comes off more personable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's what I did. And that's what I did to all of them. And then I think I did not, well, actually, I think I probably did it to like 15 people or 30 people. And then yeah. out of 15 or 30, one of them was like, hey, yeah, I have some money I want to put to work. And I haven't even met the guy. And I think like two months later, he ended up wiring some funds to escrow like $100,000 and closed on a deal. Come on. Like, come on. No excuses, guys. No yeah. excuses. Yep. That is the most easiest thing. I think something just to add on top of that, what, what I've seen a lot of people take favor in, uh, especially somebody that's like naturally introvert, potentially, not, not like saying myself, but by going after that list, instead of copying pasting, you can do that. It's going to save you tremendous time. But also if you, if you find them on like social media, you can send them uh, like a voice message. Hopefully it's not like an error and like they don't see it several weeks later and then like they can't read it or like listen to it. That, that would suck. But if they can listen to it, it comes off very personable. And yes, it'll take you about a minute to do each person and you're going to get the routine down. You're going to get like your script down. So it's going to sound very similar to each one, but it's going to come off like very personable because you took the time to reach out and they know like this isn't copy and paste type of structure. So they have a lot more favor. I've seen the response back from people like above and beyond. They're like, wow, dude, I can't believe you like reached out to me. And thank you so much. That special just seeing what's up and stuff like that. So 
that's another low key factor. But I love that, dude. That's that's some gold nuggets you just dropped. Yeah, hundred thousand dollars within two months. You didn't even meet the guy. Exactly. Come and, on. And we could have closed the deal sooner than that. It could have been like a week. I just didn't have. I had too much on my plate, and I was like, oh, I'm like now for me, it's like crap. Now I gotta go find a new deal. Like that. <laughs> like I have more private money lenders right now. Like one of my you know, the things floating above me is like, dude, I need to find more deals. Yeah. So, like I, I need to scale pretty much as I need to do is I need to scale and expand. Like I need to start hiring people and stuff like that. Yeah. That's pretty much the point that I'm at. But if I was able to do this here in Silicon Valley, I mean, you guys should be able to do it in any other state. Anywhere. And another thing too is understand credit too. Cause I know that, uh, I know Brandon, he's real good at credit. So if you just understand basic fundamentals of credit, Nope. People could even be lenders if they have good credit and they don't even know and you don't even know, but now you do know and you can help them get unsecured business lines of credit through yep. like certain companies like Seed Capital. Yep. Um, it's purely, they purely give loans based off good credit and it's yep. unsecured business lines. So that means that it's not a risk to them. Yeah. Uh, you know, so if you could just understand a little bit of credit and just understand, you know, what is a risk and what's not a risk, you can literally help people with good credit scores get unsecured funds to help flip houses. For example, I just, I learned a website to where they give you unsecured funds, just having an EIN number. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was like $2,000 or yeah, $2,000 and it helped me stage an Airbnb. That's unsecured funds. So if you understand just a little bit of it, it'll help you get more cash when you would, it'll, it'll open up more opportunities. Like if you're at a real estate meetup group and you find out, you know, some girls there or guys there are trying to do the same thing you're doing, then you can say, Oh, well, you know, if, if you have like a 700 credit score, I know of a company that does unsecured lines of credit. Yep. And if you happen to have it. They're like, Oh yeah. Oh really? You know? And then there you go. You just created a private money lender like out of thin air. Yeah. So the list goes on and on and on. That's why like it breaks my heart when people out there are like that they have that mental block of that. They need the money first when I've always been the type of person, like it's all about the deal. Like, and your, your pain point should always be finding the next deal. The money is in abundance. And like, even if you can't raise the money or you're not confident enough in finding the money or doing the simple thing, like messaging somebody on social media, and getting paid, like having that funded a hundred thousand in two months at the longest, like there's, there's crazy stuff behind it, but credit, we've been able to build up on our own and show other people how to do the same thing and purchase properties with all credit cards, like all at 0% interest, complete every single remodel with credit cards. We do private money lending really at hard money rates, very high, honestly, but it costs a 0% interest for 18 months. So we, we can put our money to work 18 months, guys, 18 months. Like we can, I can show you how to do this as well. It's, uh, it's not rocket science. There's a, there's a steps, strategies, and, and a little bit of science behind it to make sure like you're doing it in the right order. But besides that, it's like anybody can do this. So the whole raising money factor, like we just debunked it in like a million different ways today. Okay. So that if I ever hear that from any of the listeners coming out of their mouths, like, you know, the money thing, the money, I swear, man, we're, somebody's going to get smacked here because that's, that's the last excuse that I should ever hear when it comes down to the deal. That's, that's what you need. And just like you said, it's like right now getting to the next deal so I can put these people's money to work for them and, and help them out to make that win-win situation. That's the pain point. Exactly. And the biggest thing is the biggest like ingredient to the recipe is that yeah. you have to try. Like if you don't try like if you don't fail, if you don't, yeah, if you don't fail, you haven't even tried. Yes. Yeah. So you have to try, you have to go to the networking meetup groups. And I hear from people, Oh, it didn't work. Oh, well, how many people did you talk to? Oh, like two or three. I'm like, that's not enough. Yeah. How many, like, how many meetups did you go to? Like, yeah, come on. Oh, like one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. Talk to like five people. Don't let that be your story. Literally start complaining. If you're on your hundredth person, seriously. Yeah. If you talk to a hundred people and you haven't got there. Okay. There's something that needs to be changed. Yeah, but you're like a step or two away. Like you're like maybe within five, 10 people away from getting that because you're playing the numbers game. Yeah, like yeah. somebody's going to connect with you. Yeah. Somebody. 
somebody's going to relate with you or feel inspired to like invest with you or feel confident in your delivery. It's like this person can help put my money to work and get me a strong return. Like somebody you're playing the numbers game. And to put things into perspective, there's countless of stories of self-made multimillionaires and billionaires that started off with zero dollars broke as a joke broke look at damian john he just wrote a book called the power of being broke yeah right so the power of being broke is that you learn so many things trying different things trying again going back to failing try and fail try and fail try and you learn so much in that process and that's really the power of being broke is that oh now you learned how to create millions while using other people's money and none of your own yeah so that's the power of bring broke is it's really just trying and fail try and fail try and fail and just keep in mind go out and watch these movies when they come out with super successful people that become like extremely wealthy and you just go to their story and they had like nothing. They started from nothing. Yep. I'm well on my way. I definitely started from nothing. So, uh, you know, we're going to get there, <laughs> but dude, I'm, I'm so, I'm so appreciative for your time and, uh, for diving into all these gold nuggets. This is, this is tremendous value. Where do you see yourself in the near future? I know you're switching up some other things. You, you're starting to do some more due diligence on some other strategies right now. So if you don't mind just diving into that for a couple minutes and then we can start wrapping it up. So is what I'm going to do is I'm just going to stabilize my cash flow right now. Cool. I'm going to stabilize it. I don't want to be one of those guys who's like flipping houses forever. Flipping houses is a good step to entry level business. You know, I've learned a lot flipping houses but I want to move on to something bigger. So one or two things is either I'm going to start flipping businesses or flipping apartments. I think I'm just going to flip apartments because I really know, I really know uh, real estate um, more than I know businesses. So I'm going to start flipping apartments. And then like my big, big goal in the future is to, um, I want to like flip a football team. So or like a sports team. Yeah. Let's go. I love Um, it. Okay. Yeah, just because that's what, um, that's pretty much, that's what, it, that's the name of the game. It's kind of like you, you take something that's non-performing yeah. or, you know, that can use some help and you take it and then you turn it into something else. You it's know, that forced appreciation. It. You're making yeah, it nice. Value yeah, add. yeah yep. exactly. So, I mean, that's what Ty just did right now on a business. He bought a uh, dress barn. Um, you can yep. Google search dress barn they're like all over the nation yeah and ty just bought that company and their revenue is like 740 million a year and he's taking asset that's in bankruptcy and that's about to go out of business and he's going to take it and completely change the model and do a value add and just bring the business back to life yeah cash flow from it and then start listing it and flip it if if it makes sense to you know if the numbers are right yeah and then ty even said he's like so this is why i want to go into big things because Right now, these are kind of like more like entry level still a little bit. There's sure. lots of competition, right? Yeah. There's all, there's, you know, fortune builders. There's all these yeah. courses teaching everyday people how to flip houses, right? Yeah. But the thing is, there's a lot of competition because there's a lot of people trying to start uh, entry level. So, but Ty was saying like, you know how many people showed up to buy that company? He's like, there are three people, including us in total. Like you're competing with like two different people. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Come on now. Come on. So the bigger things that you work on, it's just the less, the less competition, less because people are scared. People like like to just stay in their comfort zone. Exactly. Always like what I like to keep in mind is, I mean, there's like 30 plus ways to make money in real estate, right? Like there's a million different ways you can go about it. Same thing with anything in life for the most part. What everybody's doing today, you should almost do exactly the opposite. You know, figure out a different strategy. Once you get good at that and they start seeing the success, people are going to gravitate towards that. Other people are going to start doing it. Yeah. You know, like the, the trend is going to fixate over here and then switch it up. It, and, you know, and, and that's kind of like, like people are very few can grasp the mindset behind flipping a business because it's high ticket, whatever. I don't know. You know, most of it is probably the money aspect. Yeah. If you guys want to learn how to flip businesses, there's a book I'm reading by Dan Pina called Your First Hundred Million. I love it. Everything he talks about in that book is exactly kind of like how you flip real estate. It's the same thing. Yeah. You create relationships with the banks. 
the banks, the banks for businesses, you know, Wells Fargo, Chase, whatever. But then when you're flipping houses, the banks are hard money lenders. You create relationships with the hard money lenders. And then you still have to bridge the gap. You still need, you know, 30% down. Sure. Well, there's companies out there that will give you 30% down or you go and raise the capital. Yeah. You present the deal to investors and be like, hey, I need 30% down. I'll give you a portion in the company. That's exactly what kind of sort of Shark Tank is a little bit. Yeah, that's pretty much how Shark Tank is because they're investing in businesses that already have proven that it's making money and that it's actually a business that they can take from level one up to level 10. And that's the same way buying a business is it's already proven that it makes money and you just got to show them the numbers and show them what you're going to do. And that's pretty much how it is. And of course there's going to be a failure and then they're going to say no because X, Y, Z. And then what are you going to do? You're going to take X, Y, Z and you're going to go and you're going to learn how to fix X, Y, Z. And then you're going to come back again. And then now it's improved, you know, and that's pretty much. So, yeah. So, I love it. If you want to get that book, I think uh, that book is like a good entry level um, how to flip businesses. I like it. It's pretty similar to real estate. I haven't actually read this one, but I actually have heard it recently. Several different people actually told me and they said it was like some life changing stuff and they actually are starting to pursue flipping businesses right now as well. So it could be one of those things start, start turning into a trend, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Buddy. I love it. You know, and there's another little ninja uh, tactic with understanding the credit side, because I know individuals that if they want to purchase the business, they can show the company how to qualify for business loans and then they purchase on a higher value of whatever the company wants in contingency to getting the finances. So they help them get the finances for the loan for the business. And that's like their down payment. It's wow. some really ninja stuff. It, it gets oh very, God. it's a little it complicated. Makes, it, it makes perfect sense. I love it. Yeah. It, it's very like, there's some wild stuff that you can do with credit. So some cool yeah. stuff, but Cool, man. So, rabbit. but yeah, see, there's, and then see that they just created money out of thin air. They learn how to take what the business already created and they're like, oh, here, let me help you get access to capital. Yeah. And I'll, I'll pay even more for it to take up your time to do this, but I'm going to show you how to do it. And then as it, it's uh, built, then it's all contingent on me purchasing after once we get that financing. Yeah. So there's some, there's some tremendous stuff behind it. That sounds fun. See, that's why it's fun. You know, like business, like if you're, if you're watching this, you'll see how excited Brandon and I get. Like, it's so exciting. It's so fun. And you know, it's just, just whatever you do, just make sure you try, just at least try. Yeah. Uh, Get out there, do something with it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Zach, I forgot to ask you. So when it comes down to like a football team or basketball team or any type of team, I what, don't have any, don't you have don't any. have any, you don't have a favorite. Okay. I don't, watch it. I don't even watch it. I don't, I don't watch it anymore either. It's kind of, it's a little heartbreaking, but uh. I've never even been, I've never even really been into it other than baseball. So I think I'll try to shoot really? baseball only cause I like baseball. Okay. I like play baseball. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I'll try to do that. But, baseball uh, was too boring for me in the past. It was like, you know, I'm like when uh, basketball is very active. So that, that always yeah. kept me. I love basketball, but, um, and then football, my mom never let me play growing up <laughs> except in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, not on the grass, but on the concrete. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the street. yeah exactly. <laughs> Zach, bro, I appreciate you so much, bro. You just gave over an hour of your time like amazing and all like nothing but gold nuggets. This has to be like one of the best episodes thus far. And we're almost up to a hundred, which is some cool stuff for ready, set, go real estate investing podcast. Let me know what can the listeners do? Like we just took up your time. What can we do to add value back to you, brother? Oh, I don't know. I have a lot of people that range out to me they try to send me deals. But thing is, it's like in different markets. Yeah. You know, how about this? I mean, capital, because I could work with capital. We could do anything capital. So, I mean, let's go. If you, if you have good credit and you want to learn how to get your hands on some cash and work with me, I think yeah. that would pretty much be it. And we could partner together, you know, if, if you got private money or if you got, you know, access or if you have good credit yep. and help you get, you know, unsecured lines of credit and we could just do apartments deals. It'll be more of me finding the deal and analyzing the deal and qualifying the deal. And then you could be more of the money person. 
and I could mentor you and show you throughout the whole process. So just again, you know, a lot of people try so much to, value. I love yeah, that. Yeah, a lot of people try to send me deals, but I don't really want to be sent deals. I know how to find good deals, unless you have like apartments or if you want to partner up apartments. That's pretty much where I want to kind of head and start flipping those. So I guess somewhere along those lines. I love it. Cool. And yeah. then how can people reach out to you or connect with you, like social media links or website, whatever you want? Oh, yeah. So Instagram is pretty much the best. And it's at Zach Ross, Z-A-C-K with a K, Ross, R-O-S-S. Usually it's the first one that pops up. And you do underscore R-E, R for real estate. R-E is for real estate. Yeah. So it's Zach Ross underscore R-E for real estate. I'm on Facebook. I don't use Facebook that often, but it's Zach Ross. If you can find me on there, I don't know if I'm the first one that pops up or not, but probably if, if you're friends with Brandon, I probably will be the first one because algorithms. Yeah. We tagged you in Facebook for this and it's shared out like everywhere. So uh, they're going to haunt you on Facebook. Everybody FYI, just reach out to him on, on Instagram and uh, make it easier for the guy. So you actually can get a hold of him as well. Yeah. Cool, man. I appreciate that so much. We're going to add any any links that you want in the show notes and so forth. Guys, if this was an amazing episode, you know that. I know that. Make sure you subscribe to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast so you get the newest episode every single Monday. Leave a review. Let me know what you think about it. If you want to connect with me, you can always do so at brandonelliotinvestments.com. Otherwise, Instagram, it's brandonelliotinvestments. And then facebook.com slash Brandon Elliott, R-E-I. And yeah, I'd love to connect with each and every one of you guys. Do me a favor, leave a review, hit that subscribe button, and we will see you on the very next episode next Monday. So uh, stay blessed and uh, we will talk to you soon. Zach, you're the man. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, thanks. No problem. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.